You're listening to the iRacers Lounge podcast, where we discuss everything iRacing in a casual setting. Enjoy. Welcome to the iRacers Lounge. I'm your host, Mike Ellis. iRacers Lounge is a podcast for the iRacer, where we talk all things iRacing in a casual setting. Joining me are the usual characters, Brian McCubbin. Hey, hey, hey. Greg Hectus. I'm back. And David Hall. That's me. All right. On the show tonight, we'll start tracking which teams some of the Coke Series drivers start to land on and review the newly released 2022 schedule. Daytona gets an unexpected update in preparation of the new NASCAR season, and we'll discuss the soon-to-be-released L.A. Coliseum. And remember, guys, you can follow along with us on your PC or mobile device in real time as you listen to the show and see for yourself all the great topics and products we'll discuss by visiting iRacersLounge.com and selecting show notes. So we hope to see you there. Sim Coaches offers the realistic sim racing equipment you need to win more races online. It is designed for real racers. Hydraulic construction makes them feel like the real thing. High quality construction, 100% leak proof and lifetime warranty are the key features with these pedals. And they look absolutely amazing. Check out simcoaches.com. Use the coupon code iRacersLounge to get 10% off of your purchase. Simcoaches.com is your ticket to feel like you're actually sitting behind the wheel of a car. Drive harder and stay on the limit longer. All right, let's get this party started. We're going to kick it off with the Coke draft results. Uh, we have a lot of different releases, and uh, we'll start with the first. Uh, team Dylan Esports has announced that Corey Vincent and Taylor Hurst are returning to their team. Then okay, we have, so that was probably why that was the first one, because those are re- returning drivers, right? Mm-hmm. RFK. The other, the other, uh, the other thing I, I want to interrupt, sorry. I was going to say that leading up to this tweet, uh, tw- the eNASCAR Twitterverse is all is what I'll call it because all those drivers are on Twitter, um, all the teams are on Twitter, and so that's kind of how they publicly you know interact uh, socially. But last year was a lot different. There was a lot of discussion. There was rumor. There was innuendo, and then this year it was like radio silent. I don't know if they were told. Uh, to not communicate much or what, but uh, once in a while there was a tweet. It was kind of cryptic, like they would tweet out a uh, emoji of a pin, like they're signing something or, or you know, like a contract. And yeah, yeah. I might, maybe they were told to be hush hush. Uh, last night in the in the league race, I uh, at one of the many times Greg Mains was not Greg Mains, uh, Garrett Mains was passing me. Um, I, and I noticed he still had his Ricky stripes on his car. And I was like, man, when are you going to take those Ricky stripes off? And he says, no, man, when am I going to ride a Chevy? He kind of, I guess, dropped a hint that he's probably going to be driving a Chevy this year. So I don't, <laughs> that's, that's a good catch. That's I, funny. I haven't been down the uh, list. I don't know if his, he's been announced yet. Yeah, he's not, not uh, been signed that I've seen okay. yet. So. Uh, the next deal we have, though, is from RFK Racing, which is bringing in Parker Ratcliffe and Caden Honeycutt. And wow, that's. Uh, interesting uh pairing there i mean two rookies um no veterans at all um but 
I mean, Parker is one of those guys that's like on fire. He, he had a bunch of wins in the in the upcoming series and uh, is a really high I rating. I think it was a pretty smooth vi- uh, video there that they just posted quickly too, just to announce the numbers and what driver was on, in them, right? Well, yeah, definitely one of the better videos put out by the teams. I would say, yeah, they, they win the, the prize, Greg, for sure. They, they, they win the prize for a normal NASCAR-type post for announcing something. We have another one coming up here soon that's kind of off the wall. I'll go ahead and hit the next one, too. Uh, we saw this guy in the Winter Series just a couple of weeks ago. Along with Garrett Lowe, Blade Wit. they are joining Wood Brothers Racing. Now, Garrett Lowe is a real-time uh, race car driver, and he's returning to the Wood Brothers, but they're bringing on rookie Blade Wit, and like you said, he's he's hot. I mean, we we raced him the other day, and he was uh, really fast. Is, and, he a, uh, is he a rookie? I thought he was a returning guy who's been in before and got back in. Oh, maybe he is. It could be. Yeah, I, I'm not. I don't have my stats in front of me like uh, Evan usually does. But this is a more uh, laid back approach, uh, Greg, to announcing. Uh, with their graphics, um, all they did was put up a couple screenshots, really, of some text messages. It's kind of just the uh, basic way of doing it, right? Just kind of show what the in behind what you kind of do for it, and uh, it was nice to see that part too of it. It was a screenshot of a text. It was a screenshot of an email, you know, from John Wood. You know, I, I'm assuming to Blade Wit, you know, about uh, getting signed up. Well, yeah, if you look at the replay, it's a, or the, the replay, the reply, you can tell it's a reply because he's mailing John back saying he's super excited. Right. The next one doesn't present a video, but it's a nice looking fonts on those numbers there in names. Stuart Haas has signed Dylan Duvall and Stephen Wilson. And Stuart Haas, I think, is kind of going through a, a redesign. I saw they were redoing their haulers, um, all the graphics on the haulers. But I think these are their fonts that they have on their cars. Stephen Wilson, he was a, a rookie last season and really good and, and looked like he was going to win a race last year. Um, probably, probably the rookie of the year if your last name's not DeYoung. Exactly. And uh, Dylan Duvall, I mean, he's been with Stuart Haas for some quite some time, I think. So the odd man out, if you remember, uh, was, um, I forget his name, but he worked at Stuart Haas, but he didn't make it this year. The shot guy. All right. The E-Racer GG guys are known, otherwise known as Klugerman Sport, are returning to the Coke series. And yeah, I just I kind of reversed announced their new team name. This video, like seriously, this video is just funny. It's something you'd expect Parker to come up in his weird, wacky mind. Yeah, so Kligerman Esports, who it used to be Burton Kligerman, and Jeff Burton's probably like, you know, we don't know, but he's probably like, I'm out of here, you know. And so then it was Kligerman Esports. And so now it's Eraser. So I guess, you know, Parker's part of Eraser. So uh, in conjunction with Landon Castle. So, but the video, like you said, uh, basically it's screenshot only uh, with some, you know, voiceover. But the voiceover are like robot voiceovers. They're not even real people. And, uh, Parker said he had sold uh, the team to Evil Parker and he needed a Bitcoin to pay Evil Parker for the new t- for the team to get it back. And so he asked Landon Castle if he could borrow a Bitcoin. 
I really wish Parker would have done the voiceover for all th- all the characters in this because it kind of would have made it fun, even more entertaining. I think it was like Siri talking, actually. It's yeah, it's one of those programs that you can just type to te- or talk to type typing text, whatever you call it. I keep, I keep getting bombarded with commercials for that now. Like you notice, there's a lot of videos out there where people don't, I guess, like to talk themselves, but they like to produce the videos and then have a machine do all the talking for them. Yeah, it's it seems to be the norm now, especially with some of those that you know social media apps and things like that. TikTok definitely has that for some of the things to go through. You know, this video is kind of a mock video, but it reminds me of what you know a team would come up with as a, a storyboard. This is a quick storyboard. You know, we don't have any talent or real shots yet, so we'll just throw up some screenshots. We'll do some quick voiceover and kind of storyboard something together and. And then you show it to the stakeholders. And they're like, "Yeah, just run with that. We'll just we'll just publish that." Well, it is funny. I mean, it's it's creative and funny. It doesn't have to be. It doesn't have to be super exquisitely f- fancy all the time. The uh, the thing is, is uh, that that uh, that guy that does the announcing with them with them when they do that e, the e um, e racer. GG race races that other that third guy that does the announcing is well, they he, do David Childhouse is who you're talking about yeah he is he part of this thing or is he just a separate announcer type I think he's affiliated um, but yeah okay and the simple this next one was fairly simple um, it was Jim Beaver esports announcing Blake Reynolds and Michael Guest and so uh, you know, veterans, obviously, and their graphic is very simple. You know, it's got the NASCAR Coke Series logo. It's got the Jim Beaver Esports logo. It's got the a picture of the two drivers and their name. And, uh, yeah, just uh, straight up. Now, we called this at the beginning of the segment the draft result. Did they actually do a draft, or is this, or is it still, is it basically just a fully uh, a free agency uh, no, it was a wide open free agency. Yeah. I'll email you, text you. You know, it, it was like people reaching out to people. Yeah, have your phone near you all day to find out who are you gonna sign with. Now, I did put it in here, but I'm gonna mention it. If you remember, there was a coke driver named Isaac Gann who left in the middle of the season um, due to some kind of health concern, and he had tweeted this week about the the money involved that these guys might be getting and he was saying something along the lines of like if they offer you five thousand for the season take it don't wait for you know you're not worth more than that or something like that but i kind of raised some eyebrows because because it kind of indicates that some of these drivers that might be what they're getting paid for the for the year well if you think about the the fact if you think about the fact that they're turning this almost into a full-time job that's not a lot it's not. I mean, you can't live on that, obviously. You know, does it supplement, you know, your equipment and some of your time? Sure. And do others get more than in others? I'm sure. I'm sure Ray Alfala probably makes more than some of the in, uh, the new guys, for sure. I'm, I bet he, I would, I'd have no idea, but I'm, I would guess at least double. What about those guys that all live together? They, they're, they're basically paying for their living, right? So that's definitely got to be worth more than 5000 Kawanda? Is that what you're talking about? Yeah. I would guess because of the facilities and stuff, they're, I don't know, is Coanda considered like like the Red Bull or Mercedes type development type teams where they have like a development program where they just keep them on as their spot, they sponsor them to, to do it? Well, 
at, well, Coanda, I mean, you got to look at them. They recently went to that other title by that other company called Motorsport Game. And they've been running over there exclusively. And, and as we reported, left uh, are not going to be participating in the iRacing Porsche uh, as well. So, um, so that's happening. And, and you think that they went over there because that's where they wanted to race? I think they went over there because they got paid. They're definitely going to go where the money is, right? Right. So they could run the Porsche series and get paid X amount, but maybe Motorsports Games, you know, wrote them a check and said, you know what, we want you over here on our, our uh, they call it the Le Mans series. There's really not a whole lot of oval guys in Coanda anyway. It's, it's mostly road, road guys, isn't it? Yeah. I think, I think uh, Mitchell might be the only road guy, or oval driver there, and he's kind of like both. Well, well what do you think Mitchell's going to think of this schedule? Yeah, good transition. I was going to come up, come at it a different direction, but you beat me to the punch. The uh, 22 coach schedule did just get released. I think literally uh, I, I was at the gym and, and checking things between sets and noticed this pop up and Brian threw it on the script just like that. Um, and it's up here. You know, it's going to be a typical NASCAR tracks. It's ending at Phoenix. They are doing an exhibition race at the LA Coliseum. Did, okay. we, get a, did we get a count of the road races? Two. Road America, Watkins. It's eighteen races. Is that whatever? I'm, you know, it's eighteen races. That's more than it normally do, don't they? It was seventeen this year, wasn't it? Well, it's the Coliseum. No, I, I, I might just be counting here wrong, but I think you're right, Greg. I think it's eighteen. Yeah, I'm getting eighteen with the Coliseum. So it's a nineteen-week season of yep. events for them, and they usually run an all-star in the middle of it too, don't they? And maybe that's not listed here, but they and they could be. Yeah, they usually do an all star. Yeah, the you see Glen- that they're doing the dirt, dis- Bristol dirt. Sorry, David. Uh, they yeah, they're doing Bristol dirt. They're going to the Glen and Road America, and also Nashville Super Speedway and Gateway or Worldwide Technology Raceway are both on there. I, I don't know about you guys, but one of the tracks that I'm looking forward to racing this year is Worldwide Technology. I'm, I'm glad that they're actually going there too. It, so four new tracks for the Coke series. It's kind of, it kind of is similar to Darlington because it, it has un, unequal corners, right? And they're flat though, right? Yeah. There's no bank to those ones. Oh, they're it's still minimal. banking. It's, 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 it's minimal though, isn't it? It's, it's not like New Hampshire. No, it's, it's, it's not a, uh, it's not a mile and a half or Nashville kind of angle, but it's not, there's still some banking there. Now, Mike, I meant to ask you about this one. Do you think the route they're ending at Phoenix this year because they actually have the real scan of Phoenix now? Yeah, I'm sure that's why they avoided it before. Um, but now it looks right, and so, you know, they're, no problem. And it looks like they're avoiding Texas completely this year to race at. They're not even finished. That's good. So they were, they were, last couple of years they finished at Texas, and now they're not even racing there. Well, I think the call out here is, I mean, it is bristol twice i mean obviously yeah at least they got the two configurations of bristol to do it which is going to be awesome i I really i'm excited to watch the dirt race for them well that's going to put your possible dirt ringer in the playoffs right well it actually didn't this year a win didn't guarantee a playoff did it yeah because there was too many winners yeah and this year look is kind of setting up to be the same way where we're going to end up with a lot of winners the talent uh, is steep and the rookie list is very deep. And, uh, week three is going to be Atlanta, and um, we'll have to see, I guess, if it's going to be the new new version, right? 
They probably Good wouldn't call. put it on if they knew that they weren't going to guarantee it in here, right? And I think yeah. that they know that it's going to be updated if they're going to have that in the Coke series. Yeah, we have another build before March 15th, so that would make sense. Maybe they're targeting it and they know it's uh, getting ready. So. so it looks like um, the last four are, are playoff races, right? Bristol-Talladega is going to be a playoff elimination race. That's pretty interesting. And uh, Homestead after that. Um, well, and then Phoenix, and look at the differences in those four races. You got a half mile, then you got Talladega, the biggest track there is, then Homestead, which is like the bread and butter cookie cutter mile and a half, and then, of course, the Phoenix flat mile. I disagree with calling Miami uh, uh, a cookie cutter. It, yeah, it's, well, it's the best track. mile and a half track in the series. Well, that's true. I mean, yeah, that's I why that's why it's that. there, right? <laughs> Well, even if you go the last six weeks, you're going to go road course to into Darlington into the playoff stuff. That's like to finish it up is going to be crazy at Darlington, right? Yeah, and if if uh, I mean really from Road America in July 5th, there's not a, a cookie cutter type track the rest of the season. True. It looks like they got a couple week gap. Yeah, so there looks like between July 19th and August 16th, they have like a summer break almost. Maybe that's All Star Week. They'll throw something in there. Maybe that's almost a month gap. You're right. There's only that's, two. There, oh, there's three. There's three D shaped mile and a halfs on on the series. That's not bad. And then they got you know because they go road course Pocono road course right. It's kind of interesting to have those, but it's over a month and a half difference. Well, it's a. Uh, I guess. It, do you consider Nashville Super Speedway a cookie cutter mile and a half? It's only a one point three mile. Uh, it's a little shorter. They, they actually yeah, ran. Right. In fact, last year they ran the short track package at it. They didn't run the big spoiler. I'm so glad there's not these different packages. There's only three tracks that they're running a different package on, and the rest of it's the same car for the rest of the season. Well, I'm just glad they're putting horsepower on the tracks that need to have horsepower. You know, you've got to have the restrictor plates on the on the big big super speedways, but just the the 550 package. You know, death to it basically. It's kind of interesting that they it looks like they've picked up a lot of the news tracks that they've scanned this year too for it. So any of the newer ones uh, that were redone have been added to the schedule, right? Yeah, I think you're I think you're right. I mean with the you know, they made sure they put um Bristol Dirt, you got Watkins Glen, you're gonna have the Watkins new Daytona, Coliseum, Atlanta. I mean, probably the oldest track on here that hasn't been scanned in a long time would be Road America. I would think Road America or yeah, Road America would be one of the oldest tracks. So is NASCAR Cup for real going to Road America this year? Well, they were there last year. Okay. Yep. Actually, I think Road America, didn't it get a facelift though too? Yeah, it did get a facelift in the middle of this season or last season, I think too though with on iRacing. That was though they just changed the sponsor signage. Yeah, updated that for the okay. for the race. Yeah, I don't. Know. I think it's a, I think it's a really strong schedule for them to race on. It'll be interesting to see these races this year, and in the new car. Some of the replies uh, to the schedule I saw on Twitter. One person said, "This is f- better to watch than reg- real NASCAR," and I I agree. I mean, I watch these races. Um, for several years now, but the competition is great. So I'm looking forward to it and hoping we can work a deal with Evan to come back on the show uh, after each race and and we'll do it again. They're on what, 
Tuesday nights? What's the... Is that a Tuesday yeah, night? Tuesdays. Okay. Well, sticking with E-NASCAR series, Brian, let's jump into the International Series. Yeah, so uh, the uh, International Series just started on January 8th, was their first race at Miami Homestead, and it was uh, won by none other than uh, Raja Karuth. So uh, so a good win for Raja in the first of that uh, series. <clears throat> Looks like uh, it's a short series. It's, uh, what, five races long is, is it? Is all um homestead was the first race uh they'll be racing uh canadian tire uh later this week and then uh circuit zolder january 22nd then they go to daytona for the road course on january 29th and then phoenix is going to be uh, wrapping it up in february 5th just before the start of the season so so yeah so it's um it's an international flair with uh, a lot of road courses, and uh, it was a good start to the season for uh, Raja. I was going to say, it sounds like a series I, I would be into. I think the cool thing about NASCAR and, and stuff like this and the IMSA, you know, and all these professional racing um, organizations that are continuing to use iRacing, because they all did for the year of 2020 for the COVID reasons, and then they continued it in 2021 to try to maybe start a tradition. And, you know, here we are in 2022 and it's still happening. So maybe this is long term, you know, maybe this is here to stay where we have, you know, these professional race car drivers, you know, taking some time out and participating, you know, in iRacing in these uh, events. It's pretty cool. Was this a series that you had to qualify in for? I don't I don't remember seeing any qualifying series or anything for this. I, th- I think it's invitational only uh, based on if you're in the international NASCAR series or part of the NASCAR circle. So it's like a, like a status thing. It's all like pro pro drivers. Well, Raja Karuth obviously isn't in the international series. Yeah. So I'm not sure why he's there, but obviously it's open to NASCAR insiders and they're grooming him. All right, next up is an uh, article by jalopnik.com, which is fairly mainstream. Uh, the, uh, the website in their article uh, discusses the purchase of Monster Games by iRacing and speculates that that play may be making a play towards consoles. Um, and, and so that's the title. Um, the article goes on to give a quote from iRacing in the press release where it said, The iRacing development team will remain 100% focused on continuing to develop the core product of iRacing. And concepts for brand expansion, however, seem to still be on the table. Um, They go on to say, the iRacing team has not confirmed any plans to expand the brand, but buying up studios isn't an expensive endeavor. Multiple acquisitions, especially in such a short period of time, point to an expectation of new revenue, particularly revenue from new products. In the case of Monster Games, that likely means more accessible console offerings, you know, games for those of us who don't have their direct deposit set, sent straight to Fanatec. And that was the end of it. So, I mean, they have a point, even though iRacing says, you know, we're not porting to console. I mean, they're not doing this for no reason. Well, like right now, it's all negative numbers out, right? You've acquired these companies. You got to see they've just spent money. They haven't done anything with it yet. Well, I think that's the point of the article where they're going to want return on their money, right? It's any like any company. I just don't I don't know where the they would head with 
like the hardest part with getting into bed with consoles and mixing it with the PC is the cross-platform stuff just doesn't play well together a lot of the times. And I, I just don't see how do you how do you on a console if it, if it does go to a console eventually. Not many things you do on the console are subscription based besides buying um, like an Xbox is called Game Pass where you can get games under the subscription thing, but it's not you're not subscribing to an actual one game all year round for buying for it. So it's kind of weird if iRacing would take advantage like that unless it's something else they're creating for that console. Yeah. iRacing doesn't have to do it cross platform to be involved. They can have a completely separate product for console. Um, and we spoke about it last week that we really don't want to be racing against console racers. Oh, hell no. Right. You're right. Um, I think uh, some of the speculation from the last last week's article was more on point that not only are they doing this to, make, to, to protect the console market from basically them getting run out of it like they did back in the 2003 racing days, right, when EA came in. Um they're, they probably want some return, but it's also just protecting um, It's protecting against people like motorsports who are just going to try to come in and shove everybody else out and then start putting out bad product. Um, the other part I think Jalopnik is missing on this is this has a traditionally been a company that's not worried about the bottom line that ran in the red for a, for a long time before they made any money. Um, and they have deep pockets with the founder uh, uh, John Henry. So, with you know, with that in mind, I mean, we you know, you can speculate speculate about where the money came from to buy these two studios. I'm sure iRacing probably had it, you know, but if they didn't, I mean, John obviously John Henry has it. He you know, he's a billionaire. Well, we lost you. Oops, sorry. Um, sorry about that. Um, I would think that to buy these studios. It's not like buying a big company like EA or something like these are minimal purchases. There's still a decent amount of money, but they're not big fish in the in the in the world, right? Yeah, yeah, also, we're not. Uh, teammate Bobby just chimed in in the group chat with something that was covered in the articles last week as well. It's give it's helping them get access to licenses as well. Right. It makes it easier for those smaller companies to put out products because iRacing already has a license, and so good point. You know, I could see them developing like a, or that other studio that's they bought, developing a NASCAR racing game. You know, that's specifically you know twenty twenty three NASCAR, whatever. And uh, because iRacing's already in bed with NASCAR, all the licensing's handled. Yeah, that doesn't necessarily have to be cross platform with, um, you know, with iRacing. It can just be similar enough that maybe just to get your toes wet into this environment. To where you know you you know inquire more about it, and you know maybe those guys who are good just decide that that's where they want to go to you know to go to the next level of competition. Well, another way to uh, get you to go into iRacing is this great video they put out this week. So is this one different from the one we covered last week? Yep. This is a, this is really a 2021 review video. Okay. I was going to say, like, it just seemed, um, when I quickly went through it, it was kind of like the other one, but I mean, it's another well-done video by them, right? It's kind of like a commercial, yeah. But, yeah, uh, it's not something they would 
post. I don't think this is something that they're going to run during commercial times, but it almost seemed to me more like a, you know, like a salute to a great year 2021 type of deal and saluting the, um, you know, the content providers and the, uh, and the racers. Highlights. Yeah. It's highlights of all the close, uh, wheel to wheel battles that were on in all the series. Um, for how different everybody races and uh, and how far everybody can be away from each other, a lot of these races came down to like n- no space at all. As I was watching this, my thought was, man, it must be hard to go back and find all these moments and all these different races throughout the year. I mean, how do you you know go back and find them in YouTube or wherever you would find these? I mean, it must be a daunting task. Well, I th- I think if it's if it's anything like. Uh, some like Mike, I know you have a background in like music and stuff like that. When it comes to like the broadcast media stuff, when they have a, a someone that's doing all this stuff in the background, which is their job, they just clip it. When you know, if they see something, they clip it and put a file and a name to it. Who knows if they ever use it? It's just there on the hard 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 drive space, and um, they can either come back to it down the road or or whatever. But a lot of these people that make these type of things it's like an art, right? They, they see, they see the video, how it's going to play out before it's done. Yep. Pretty cool. Now I added this topic just because I wanted to hear David say cluckus. You're trying to make fun of the way I say things. Let's just make, let's just make that a note. Let's just remember that. (laughs) I think I know this week's clip. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So cluckus is, I guess that it's not Clucas. I don't know. Maybe it is. All right, or Klukas. That that was probably insulting. No. Um, all right. So there was a question basically asking what is the highest I rating, or not I rating, safety rating actually. And the simple answer is four point nine nine. Uh, but Vern Klukas kind of jumped in and pointed out that he knows that on the pro license, it's a run. It's basically a running average of your twenty six hundred corner CPI divided by how many incidents you have. Well, that's what corners per incident is however if you also look through there there's um it's kind of based on a logarithmic scale so your your class it's easier to jump from class or from 1.0 to 2.0 than it is to jump from 2.0 to 3.0 because each time the 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 level of cpi that you have to have to jump that level gets a little bit higher and it also for each smaller license, there's a smaller average of running CPI. So like when you're running in rookie races, um, it's only like 1,200 corners that count on your running average. After you've run your 1,300th lap, your first 100 laps are erased from from that history. It's just a it's just kind of a rolling average. And um, so it, it, it's essentially uh, then some guys started saying, well, I know I had this CPI in this season. We were trying to find out who probably had the best CPI. And the only thing I can promise you is that it wasn't Mike. <laughs> I don't think it was That's me right. either, especially if it comes to road. Well, you know, in road, especially when you're sitting floating, most of the time I'm floating in the threes or fours anyway with the, with the class A. So when we're running at Daytona, there's plenty of times I'm willing to take about eight to 10 X every race just to get a little bit of extra time. Right. Well, the other thing too here is, is um, I just think it's interesting. So, so I never thought about it as a reset period of, 
you know, where it keeps it, it, it accumulates. I knew that it accumulated from previous races. It takes like an average out of stuff. It's kind of interesting to see that it's a number that comes off, like you were saying there, David. When you get to thirteen hundred, the lot, you know, it starts coming away from the, the beginning. Your your first hundred laps or whatever you were saying so i never looked at thought about it in my head that way it's theoretically possible that you could have a really good race but because um one of your really good races just or even better cleaner races just got pumped pushed off the rolling average that you could actually lose a little bit of sr right you always see those forum posts i i finished really good but i lost sr well, that's why. Now, the, the thing I want to point out is Vern Kluckus, you know, provided these numbers, which, you know, who knows where he found these, but they're really telling. I mean, when you look at what license you are, like D is 1350. So that means 1,350 corners are part is the calculation. So it looks at your last 1,350 and it calculates from there, your SR. Now, if you're a license, it's 2,333. It's a, it's a thousand more. It's, it's like almost double uh, this, the calculation of corners used for your CPI, for your SR. So um, I just find it interesting that it goes up so much that it's such a sliding scale. I almost wonder if it should go up more because think about how much longer your A races are compared to your, your what, ARCA races or so. Well, even like a rookie race that's only going to be 10, 15 minutes long, right? You're not going to have a billion corners in in uh, a rookie race. So even 1,125 is – it's a, that's still a decent amount of time, especially even on short tracks. Well, I yeah. mean, you have a point of making it harder by increasing that number because – Okay, so you, as you alluded to, I am known for a lot of incidents. If you look at NIS, I'm one of the highest incident counts for the season. But guess what? I never lose my A license, ever. But maybe I yeah. should. Maybe Because I use so many incidents, maybe I should be bumped to B once in a while. And, maybe, and, and this proves that it's not a high enough number, I think, basically. But just everybody know, he has the highest safety rating in practice highest <laughs> right so and, and another thing is i think these numbers were specific to road right these weren't oval i don't believe oh i don't I, know i, I, I don't, don't think it really ever road. i don't think it ever really indicated um so it didn't really clarify that but i almost think that it could be a larger number the reason it's not a larger number to make it harder it's a large number because you need to count more races they basically want you to still still have the same basic number of races so it takes 10 10 races is less corners in in d license than than it is in a license so you don't want just two races affecting your license when you're running an a, a race so even though i wanted to talk about these numbers on cpi the gist of this post is what is the highest sr now Remember, it, it caps visually to us at 4.99, but the, the, the forum op is basically saying the calculation, the actual calculation is going to be a higher than 4.99. So who has the highest SR that's actually above 4.99? So that's what the, he was asking, but I don't think anyone had an answer. Only iRacing would know it because it would be in, in the background, would it not? 
they would only be in their their coding that would show it. Right. They could probably go in the database and look. Like I mean, if you think about any of the some of the drivers that we've raced against that are pro, like you know, that don't have don't have any incidents, um, you know, it could be. I was thinking of OBRL guys that never get incidents, right? Because the way those yeah, guys they, race. That, it doesn't do anything for – that doesn't calculate in. Oh, because it's not official. Yeah, how, how many of them run official races? But if they did, right? I was they, just thinking, uh, David, that's you know, not a couple years anyway. ago, imagine Max for stepping in them at Spa. <laughs> what yeah. They, what they did to theirs. Several people, when the spa incident limit was broken, went from an A license to a D license in 24 hours. Well, someone else was talking about, like, even in this form post, I was looking at it too. Imagine doing the 24 hours in Nürburgring and not having an incident at all. And how many corners that's considered per lap. And if you get, you know, you you got a couple of, you get like, what, 10, 15 laps maybe in your stints, depending on how many. You're not going to really be doing that many more corners at Nürburgring than you are at Daytona because the lap is longer, right? It's the, you're having you're hitting the same corners in the, in the same amount of time. But I mean, I I don't know. There is a lot. I, I don't I don't know. I don't know what is the corner total for. There's there's a lot of corners, but it takes you 11 minutes to do a yeah. lap unless you're in a in in the first car ever built, like in Jimmy Broadbent's video where he actually sim raced the uh, the literally a, a three quarter horsepower uh, car on wooden wheels, and he and it took him an hour and eight minutes, I think, or eighteen. That takes a lot of patience to do that. <laughs> to run to run never going. Um, it's um. The, the corners, the, you know, I guess the corners that you're going to do in a certain amount of time are going to be based on the number of straights. And there's actually some really long straights in Nürburgring. Remember, it's incident yes, per corner, not incident per lap. Yeah, but the amount of time that you, the amount of in corners that you can do in a 24 hour period is not necessarily going to be greater just because the lap time's longer. Because you're It'll not going to get as many laps. Because David's saying, like, if say you're doing the Daytona road course. And you can do in eleven minutes. You can do what five laps? It's about a uh, in the LMP. It's about a minute thirty-seven per lap. Yeah, so you're about four or five laps. And if it's 10, 15 corner, yeah, you're getting. You can probably get eighty to a hundred clean corners, right? Yep. Um, I'm going to take a stab at this one here too. While you guys were talking there, I think his name might be Vern Lucas. The K might be silent. Mm. Just, just saying. Burn is a frequent poster in the forums. Um, I was hoping right. to see if I could find his. I'm guessing he's already passed his thirteen uh, up to 1,300 posts. All right, well, next re- up. Re- one more thing. Remember how fast our licenses went up when we ran those A races at Bristol Dirt? In, in one week, I was up to a C license. It's one way to do it. Because those races are longer. All right. Uh, is this uh oh the twenty two season twenty two twenty two official races season is is no it's not out yet Mike what are they doing with it? Well, they want to develop the schedules for season two early, and uh, here we are January thirteenth. They need their uh, results by February first. So basically, Tyler uh, Hudson and his team uh, they've been posting in the forums on every series page. Uh, hey, here's the template uh, community. Come up with a schedule. And so if you want to c- help come up with the schedule in an official series, you can do that by getting involved in the forums. 
Uh, we have samples in our script here of five different uh, forum posts, um, basically, you know, asking for those schedules by uh, February 1st. Yeah, I already got a PM for the European Sprint, European Sprint Series to um, send in with some votes. I usually it's don't a, participate in this. I just kind of go with it. <laughs> yeah, it's a, but it's a, it's a really cool way for, um, you know, the, the drivers to actually have some input in what they're going to be racing. So if if uh if that's something you want to do is uh put your give your input definitely check these out about the only other the only thing i almost ever have is is try to make sure that your uh schedule is lined up with the special events like smartly this year and with imza you can run daytona all week before the 24 is that next week that is, is next IMSA week then? yeah sweet and so you can get a lot of practice races in because i mean you know, as much as fun as much as we like to make fun about Mike practicing, I only practice enough to, to get the set where I like it, and then I get I as soon as I've run more one more one actual race, that's worth five hours of practice time because you're you're getting just race conditions and race experience. That's why practice isn't valuable for me because I want you know being in the races where it's at. You're right. Speaking of Daytona, Brian, we got updates. Yeah, so this dropped on Tuesday. It was uh, on uh, came out on the Twitter account for iRacing, and it also uh, accompanied with a with a short little video introduction. So Daytona had a 2021 scan that I was not aware of, and um, yeah, they went ahead and scanned the track in 2021, and they just updated it with the new uh, modeling. So uh, so there's a, a fully uh, upgraded track textures from from the new scan. Um, the current specs and uh, curb placements have all been updated and uh, there's some new detailing and like things like the fencing, the three-dimensional fencing. So uh, yeah, it's a pretty, pretty neat little update. Um, and uh, it was, I, I, like I said, I don't remember hearing them getting ready to do this anytime recently. It was a surprise. I was not expecting this, but the timing is perfect before the 24 and the the close-ups of the fence of the catch fence are wow it looks real i mean i don't know if i've looked closely at the fence before to you know to tell what the difference is but it sure does look good yeah i'm i'm sure that's something that you might have to consider depending on your graphics card whether that's worth uh you know showing all these details i imagine it can affect some people's frame rates they say the turn five curbs have been updated, so that's the last. That's the last right hander, the second horseshoe, basically. I'll be curious how that changes. Um, I was wondering if they were going to do anything to the to the bus stop curbs, or if they're still the same. Oh yeah, it says it at the top. Sorry, the bus stop curbing has been updated. So we're going to have to we're going to kind of have to relearn how to get around the bus stop. So are the curbs bigger now than they used to be? Probably because they were basically flat before. Okay. So that was the the teaser for the release. Uh, so we got season one, patch one release. Yep, and that's what I was looking at actually as I was pick, picking up the uh, the stuff about the Daytona. So a lot of UI fixes. I'm not going to read every one of those out to you. Um, there were some changes for the simulation with iRacing Live. Uh, they fixed some issues with loading that was causing a hiccup at a certain stage of the load. Um, they have also fixed something where race control has adjusted what's considered pit lane checkpoints f as pitting so that 
any strict scoring events such as qualifying or time attack, you can't abuse the pit road, I guess, in some way or another. Um, they fixed some bugs with penalties, a lot of A-Rai audio, audio stuff, a couple problems with the spotter. Uh, they've changed the way the fuel is calculated so that imperfect laps aren't, cal- aren't as calculated in the fuel. Some uh, fix with the driver's display name. A lot of little small tweaks to the uh, cars, quite a few of the cars. And now, then, go ahead. I'll be jump in. Uh, the AI you mentioned, they updated Daytona uh, racing skills, they said. And I haven't tried it since this patch, but I did try it last week before the patch. Um, I went into AI to practice the Ferrari because I had to buy the Ferrari uh, Evo because that's what Tony Groves decided that we were racing. And so I went into AI to test it and and get used to the car. I did a standing start because I didn't want to, you know, go through the time it takes to do a rolling start. I just wanted to jump into a race. So I did a standing start and uh, two or three times in a row, the cars at the front of the two lines didn't go on the green and everyone kind of stacked up and then they went around it and it was just a mess. And uh, so hopefully they, they fixed that. I mean, the big part of the release was, back. you know, the Daytona update obviously was the big part of the patch. I think your dog agrees. Um, there's some extra dark flags that have been added at Chili Bow. We've covered a lot of the updates to the Daytona Speedway. They've changed curbing. They've added some lines. Uh, they've changed the pit road service. The You can now start with 60 cars in, in, at the oval if you would like to. Um, that's interesting. The grass textures have been updated. And um, those are some of the biggies. There's a few other small changes at some of the other tracks. There's quite a few changes at Watkins Glen, too. Now, what I was, I mean, when this patch came out and I got the release notes, I popped them open and I scanned it quickly for next gen. Where's the 670 horsepower? Come on, let's have it. I know, I know. Best guess is they just want to make make sure it's all ready before they put it all out there instead of, in, instead of uh, just putting out a Band-Aid. Hashtag soon. Well, I'm going to kind of digress to this other story that's related um, because I was looking for answers about this. And so I'm going to read this. Staff member Matt Holden posted in the forums what may be coming up leading to that Daytona 500. Um, He said, you said that there are no changes. That's not true. And he was referring to what I was just referring to. He said, the Gen 6 is a known entity and directly mirrors how the next gen works. And that car is currently being changed to the 2022 spec. So if it works on the Gen 6, then it will work on the next gen car as well. Also, within the group we put together through the 2021 discussion, there are multiple leagues running Gen 6 super speedway races in the coming weeks where we can see the changes at work and update what is needed. Saying nothing has changed is completely false. We've been working on this for months, but as I said in the discussion topic, we were going to take it off the forum because we had all that we needed to move forward and can work in a controlled environment to push things forward. But there was a discussion that was about, hey, how come you know the next gen's not getting these updates? And he basically saying we're redoing the aero package in Super Speedway, but we're doing it on Gen 6, but it'll help us on Gen 7. That's what he's saying. Well, we still have a few weeks before February rolls around. Yeah, I'm kind of surprised that 
the two two different versions of the car are so easily transferable with the uh, with the updates and stuff. I agree, and I hate to run the car in the current configuration. I really do because we all know it's changing. Yeah, that's, okay. that's why you haven't seen me on Mondays. So the Hotfix One came out a day later. So they obviously had to fix something that was broken. So what was the big thing in the Hotfix? Well, um. So Daytona had a couple issues that were kind of interesting. Uh, they fixed the issue where the back straight curb had an invisible and, as they call it, devastating extra bump. So people must have been destroying some cars on a on a bump that might not have been there. So uh, so they got that squared away. Uh, there's another bump at pit exit that's been ironed out. Apparently that was a lot more nasty than it should have been. And um, see, they fixed an issue with some side. Uh, trackside decals that were missing their uh, spec and normal maps and a variety of train and terrain and tracks you know have been patched up so so they uh fixed out smooth a couple bumps that people were getting uh damage on i guess and uh some uh some other little issues um there was also an issue with the tires so they fixed an issue where like if you ran over grass or dirt and got out of the degree on your tire it would actually carry over from a previous session to the start of the next session even though the you know fresh tires were changed so uh so for some reason i guess there if you if you had an incident or something like that went in the grass your tires were all full of grass and grime and dirt and you wound up switching to the next session it would show back up again so they got that fixed up too um, there's been a couple uh, car uh, um, updates, you know, just little minor tweaks here, here and there. Um, although the Mercedes, the uh, Formula One car, has uh, they added some uh, some things to the garage, like fine brake bias is adjustable now. Uh, dynamic brake bias is now visible on screen while in the car. So uh, a couple couple extra little things you can uh, you can tweak on the Formula One car, and uh, some of them are in car in in car too. Okay, the shoot is back, Greg. Can one of you guys take this for a sec? I gotta fix the problem here. I'll pick it up. Um, the last couple of years, Sonoma has been running at the longer version with the carousel. It looks like the Toyota Save Mart this year is going to be on the original short version that NASCAR ran with the shorter 1.99 mile track. This kind of excites me. I liked the shorter version. I did too. I didn't like that really sharp turn down the hill that brought you down to the inside of the track. I mean, it was like an off-camber turn almost, and I would just inadvertently overdrive that almost every time. I don't like this. I was dominating on the uh, old track. You'll be good. You'll be fine at the other one. Yeah, I know. I was fine either way. I know uh, I know. Tony Rochette is so looking forward to having Sonoma on the schedule. I think he's going to race it as many times as he possibly can. Well, he is the road king of Tifosi. Or is it Toad King? Didn't he say like F something Sonoma? Yeah, no, not Tony. I wouldn't. It wouldn't hurt my feelings if Sonoma went away. I, I have a feeling if any of the road courses that will disappear, Sonoma would be the first one. Well, yeah, you say that, Greg, but um, they, they seem like they're bending backwards to get get events in California. You know, with the Coliseum race and all that stuff. Right. So. Who knows? Maybe that's a market they don't want to pull themselves out of at this point, even though the track might not be everybody's favorite. Yeah, the West Coast market's still really important. But uh, this this uh, shorter conversion configuration, um, and I was run from 1998 to 2018, which is 
kind of hard to believe. It seems like it it wasn't that long ago that they were doing it, but you know, I guess past couple of years they didn't even do it at all. And then they had the carousel for a couple, so I guess that seems right. They had what two races on the carousel and one race that was canceled, if I remember correctly. Really? At yeah. Nineteen. They were shut down in twenty. I think it was only one race yeah. at, on the actual track. They were yeah, shut down in twenty. No, well, they, yeah. they were. They ra- They raced nineteen. They shut down in twenty. And they didn't go to Sonoma and then in they raced last year on it. Oh, I thought they skipped Sonoma in twenty. Well, it's twenty twenty two. So remember that it's twenty twenty one. So nineteen was a race. Twenty twenty was canceled, and then twenty twenty one they raced last year. I or did they go to Sonoma? I could have sworn they skipped it. Nope, they I went there. They skipped it. No, they were there last year. Who won? It was a road course. It was probably uh, Elliot, right? So. I'll research. While you do that, we'll go to this next topic real quick. And um, this was on actually iRacing's uh, Facebook page. And uh, they posted a picture. And um, they're asking people, what is your favorite open wheel car? So uh, it's, it's all the... Um, Road course cars, obviously. So, uh, you know, the Formula V, they had the Indy car. Uh, so it's not all completely road races, I guess. Uh, the Formula 3, the Skip Barber, the Dallara R01 jet car, and the new Mercedes. So we're asking people, which one of those sixes are your favorite open-wheel car? So, by the way, Kyle Larson won the, the Sonoma race yeah, I just saw last that year. too. I was wrong. <laughs> I was wrong too. Well, he won a bunch, so it's pretty easy to get it mixed up. I like the Delara Jet car, of course. I think that's the funnest one to drive. It's also the nicest looking one of all of them. Yeah, it's cool. Um, I just I just bought uh, the F1 car like a few days ago. I haven't try, uh, tried it yet, so I can't really say which that one's you know what that one is i still have a lot of affinity for the skip barber just because it's such a fun car to race and uh the races are always packed whenever you go into a skip barber race indy car because indy 500 i mean who could argue with that because of delara dash i love delara dash i, I raced that a lot recently so i like the indy car too because of that um this week they've been at texas and i've run it a few times and it's it's pretty fun well, iRacing has been coming up with tracks left and right. Uh, you know, they're we know they're coming up with the uh, Coliseum race pretty soon. And we were just talking in the chat recently about this, about some other tracks similar to the Coliseum that we would love to see on the service. Well, Steve Myers asked on Twitter, what worldwide recognizable tracks are missing from iRacing? Worldwide recognizable. That's the key word. And so... There's people that obviously gave him a list of what they think it could be. Uh, James Pike uh, put in Bahrain, Australian Grand Prix, uh, Yas Marina Circuit, uh, the Circuit de, de Jerez, Sepang, Mugello. Definitely Monaco. Yeah, Monaco or I like the Australia. Australia is a good track too on the F1 circuit. My gut tells me it's Monaco. I don't know why. I mean, there's what? There's three, three or four like really iconic tracks that F1 right. participates in, and or or IndyCar. Like you know the Indy 500, you know the Monaco Grand Prix, you know Spa, 
by a spot. Like you, you just. I think Monaco is the one that's that's really missing. That that would be. I think that would be probably the most purchased track in iRacing if it ever came. And it's literally part of the uh, what is it? The greatest day in racing, right? Now, yep. another thing is Steve Myers. There's a different tweet he did later, in kind of. Uh, replied to his own tweet or whatever, and he said this, lots of great stuff, but clearly some of you guys missed the part about the track being, quote, worldwide recognizable, quote. I think many of you will be quite happy about what is to come in 2022. Well, the tracks we were talking about are are more up our alley on the oval side. Uh, you know, we would love to see Bowman Gray added because of, of its fame. You know, it had a reality series going on for a while, even. So I'd, I'd like to see that one on there and see the modifieds running there in North America. Are we really missing a lot of iconic tracks? We got most of the iconic tracks. It's the short tracks that have prestige that we're kind of missing, right? There's some of that stuff that's there, but we're missing. We've got all the big, big ones now. Yeah. Memphis is an iconic, but I would love to see that one on there too. Cause I've actually been on that surface. I'm calling it right now. It's Monaco. Well, even like, even if you think about it, there's you know the, there's Mexico has a Grand Prix track that's awesome too in North America, like that's not a far that'd be a cool one to have. It's kind of a not really a fair comparison if you're going to say worldwide because that almost really almost eliminates oval tracks in North right. America, you know except for you know the giant ones. But it, it, it all, eliminates Memphis. I mean, you just said Memphis. I mean, worldwide is people worldwide don't know about Memphis. Trust me. They don't now know about Bowman Gray. Here's a slinger. Sorry, sorry. I just thought of something and um, how Mike was talking about it possibly being Monaco. Could you see in, in fashion that or envision that someday iRacing does the best day in racing where you can have a chance of running Monaco in the morning, the Indy 500 in the afternoon, and the Coke 600 at night? Just that would a three, be cool. A three day, three uh, a day of a special event. You'd almost have to do it a week before, though. Otherwise, you're not going to get to watch any of the rules. <laughs> well, you know what I'm saying, though. Could, would that not be one of the sickest days? But I mean, the hardest oh. thing would be to try and get time periods for people to be able to race make it, them. Make it as right? make it a series and call it the Triple Crown of of r- racing. But if there's tracks that I would think in the world, Monaco is the one that's missing that is is probably the most requested one of all right yeah i I think you're definitely right craig um it's just it's just iconic and it's not in here you know Uh, there's other f1 tracks that are obviously internationally um famous just because it's an international famous series but you know when you talk true iconic f1 tracks i mean that's pretty much top of the top of the chart right yeah, I just don't think that he would have said it the way he said it if it wasn't that one. I, I don't know. Well, I'm sure they want to catch up on a lot of their F1 tracks if they're you know jumping you know jumping into the pool with this F1 car and they you know they want to support it. I'm sure as much as possible. So, I, I you know I can't imagine I'm not really. I, I think within the next year we're going to see more than more than one uh, F1 track be released. Maybe maybe and- more than two. Well, you've seen the last few F1 tracks. They they haven't, like, they bought the scans. They didn't personally scan. So maybe this is another one of those scenarios. Let's keep moving. World of Outlaw, week seven. 
Yeah, so uh, the Outlaws were at Cedar Lake Speedway. It's a uh, the uh, kind of a bull ring track, not really not really a big track. And this is after coming off of five straight weeks of big tracks. You know, they were they hit all the big big size half milers recently, and now they're they've got a stretch of three um, bull rings coming up. So uh, the first uh, first one was Cedar Lake Cedar Lake Speedway, and uh, Hayden Cardwell takes the checkered flag in this race. Um, his first win of the season, which is uh, hard hard to believe, is as good as he is on dirt. Um, Alex Bergeron he finished second with uh, Cameron Merriman finishing third. So uh, with that second place finish, Alex Bergeron actually increased his lead by just one point because Cameron was uh, is second in the points behind him, and uh, just takes eight point lead to Fairbury Speedway next week. So um, it was a it was a interesting race. The high line was very dominant. And um, Cardwell actually started on the outside pole of the race, but that actually meant he got the preferred line at the start of this race. Austin Simmelman took the took the pole, and uh, he stayed low and just fell back. He uh, finished eighth place, but he he fell back pretty quick while trying to run that bottom line. Uh, Bergeron started uh, in sixth on the on the uh, feature, and he made his way all the way up to second. Uh, and that was like at the halfway mark. There was a, a caution flag. He had just passed uh, Merriman for second place, and they had a restart. Now, and the reason I mention that is because Cardwell and Bergeron had an incident the prior race two weeks ago, where uh, Alex Bergeron really, uh, really kind of pinched Cardwell and ruined his race. And probably the rest of the season because that's a second dnf of the of the season now so uh it was uh really interesting to see if there was going to be any paybacks or anything like that but alex bergeron kind of just was able to stay behind him not really make any moves to him and uh finish in second um the post-race interviews were both with Hayden and Alex were actually really both very interesting uh Hayden Cartwell mentioned you know he was really dejected after uh after last week's crash and uh he said well i didn't really practice and i jumped in 10 minutes before the race and he won the damn thing so it's just the goes to show you how how good caden is and you know how good mike's philosophy works really um, but uh alex bergeron he uh on his post-race interview they asked him if he had had anything for hayden you know if he could have could have mixed it up with him at the end of the race and he's like yeah i did but you know, I'm racing for a championship now, kind of implying that he thinks there might have been some, uh, you know, could have been an issue if he went went side by side with Hayden Cardwell at the end. So he's like, I'm just going to take my second place. You know, I'm ahead of the second place driver, Cameron, in the points. And uh, so I'll extend my lead a little bit. And I'll just stay out of trouble. So Mark. interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting way the way they handled themselves this week. Um, uh, but I, I don't know. It's kind of hard to believe that that's that's going to be the end of it between those two for the rest of the season. Uh, Alex has got to be smart if he's going to win his, his uh, fourth straight championship. So uh, we'll see uh, what goes on next week at Fairbury Speedway. Okay. So talk about handling yourself. This next video is just about that. Uh, Deliberate takedown uh, was the name of it. Will Ford at Boosted Media put up a video showing how by analyzing the replay, change your perspective about on-track incidents. And I watched this video, and basically he was running, I think, Skip Barber. And the guy in front of him breaks early, or, or earlier than he does, and he accidentally kind of ran into him. So he immediately, like, 
uh, forfeited the spot and like gave the guy his spot back and then you know went about attacking again and trying to you know pass him legit and um he gets up alongside of the guy and and he's right along the edge of the the grass and can't move over anymore and the guy kind of comes into him not once but swerves into him twice and basically doors him off the track so his initial reaction was you just took me out you know uh and and he was upset about it and and so he went on to say that you know he got out of the car he he went to look at the replays and initially the replay kind of looks like he took him out but he went to a in-car camera of the other guy's perspective and concluded that if he was on a single monitor he might not have seen that i had gotten on his inside and perhaps he didn't know that i was there and it wasn't deliberate and so will's takeaway was you know maybe be quick to don't get on the the microphone and in the driver chat and chastise the guy for taking you out until you get a moment to really examine the replay because maybe it wasn't deliberate you know and i think we've all been um in this scenario where you get wrecked and you jump on the mic and you're saying this and that about it and and then you go look at the replay and it wasn't quite what you thought it was yeah, I could agree that it definitely wasn't um, intentional, but it seems like a lot of road racers, they don't have their spotters on. Because if your spotter is going to tell you the guy is there. And, and Will was assuming the guy wasn't using a spotter and, and still giving him the benefit of the doubt in the situation. Well, that That's just foolish. You need to have the spotter on. Yeah, he's a, he's a very gracious guy, I guess. And, uh, you know, if you watch a replay, you can almost – you can almost excuse anything, really, if you if you if you uh, are gracious enough. But but the you don't know what the, is in the person's head when they're actually in the race with you, what they're actually thinking, unless they tell you, I guess. But um, yeah, I watched that as well, and it was interesting because um, he wasn't he was doing this race and he was going to do a video on the race. And when that incident happened, he's like, you know what, I'm not going to do a video on this race. And then he watched the replay. And realize, you know, how he thought that he could change his perspective by watching the replay. So he wound up going ahead and making the video after all, just based on his uh, his thoughts on on that uh, incident. So it's kind of interesting way to go at it. Um, but that it does bring up some points, like you know, we take for granted some of the equipment that we're racing with, and you know you can't always account for what other people are using and, and the limitations that might be involved with that. You know, obviously VR is a little different than triples. Triples are a little different than single monitors, but you know, not everybody has, uh, you know, those, those uh, extra items that make things like this easier. Now they all should have a spotter. I, I grant you that, but you know, who knows? I don't know. Uh, but it, it was still a good video to watch. And, um, his overall point is like, is that when people heads let their let their emotions calm down, it makes for better races. In general, you know, there's less uh, flaming on the on the chat and stuff like that, and it just makes a better experience all around. I think, I think the big issue here is, is that nobody wants to be wrong or admit they're wrong either, right? Like, there's a big problem with incidents in here is. 
there's there's net code and and all the like you were saying brian everybody has different equipment but nobody really everyone wants to be in the right and hope that they didn't do do the wrong thing but um some of these things it's your 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 wheel-to-wheel racing with somebody in in something that doesn't cost you any money besides the hobby like it could be worse you could be in a real life car and have this happen and it actually cost you something just be thankful you can get going you can you know in an hour or two you can get back in a race and go again like I, i think some people just lose sight of that when these things happen too well it's so competitive and we try so hard and you practice and then you're in that first caution you're just freaking upset you know and so i yeah the emotions run high i can't tell you how good advice it is to stay off the microphone when you're upset don't get on there and start blabbing and get yourself banned the other thing is is i think a lot if you're if you're not going to run your spotter on road definitely have to go out and purchase uh some spotter lights uh for instead because spotter lights will be your friend for incidents like these as well. Well, or run the JRT live spotter. Right. That's, if you're on a single monitor, spotter lights. Remember how hard it is to race on a single monitor. If you have the right FOV on a single monitor, you cannot see to the left or right at all. But I think the I don't, I don't think it's a a looking left or right issue. I think it's knowing where you all your corners, your car, and where people have. You know, you have the virtual mirror. You right. should know where you can tell when somebody's inside of you. It's not like you're using the car mirrors all the time. Like a lot of people use, I would guess probably more than 90% of people in Iris and use the virtual mirror um, consistently. I, I mean, that's not a, a number that I know of, but I mean, most uh, probably all of us on the team, we use the we virtual all do. mirror. So you know when they're there. I think a lot of it is just, you know, it, it's same habits people have in their real life when they drive. They don't know where the corners of their car are sometimes, at, or their corners of their car are at, are at all times, and they don't look in their mirrors enough. Or no, you know, a lot of my mirror looking is just with my using my peripheral vision on my from my eyes. Right? I don't I don't look up all the time to do it, especially in VR. It's a lot easier to just have the with the virtual mirror right at the top of your forehead almost. Okay, this one is hashtag soon. Yeah, iRacing tweeted that the LA Coliseum is almost ready for its debut and also for NASCAR. And we've got a couple of screenshots showing the Coliseum with the iRacing version and in a seat from somewhere in the uh, in one of the upper decks. Then we also got a shot of a, of a car actually on the track. It's impressive what they can do to make a stadium for like, and if you think about it, this is for a one, a one-time race that they might not do again, uh, considering they got to pull this track up after they've raced on it. But you know, to 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 do this track and then build this this, this stadium on the outside, I mean, it's a lot to undertake for iRacing um, in it as well. It's, it's not well done. I bet that they could probably leave the track down long enough to run some other events there and recoup a little of the cost. Uh, for for the promoters, uh, who plays in the Coliseum still day, still these days? Uh, who still plays football there? USC's not there the, anymore, I, right? I think I think Tony said it in our chat once. Don't they have one of the bowls there every year? They do have a bowl there, but that's going to be all the way in the fall, and this is in the spring. I I don't know. I don't know. I don't follow college 
sports. I don't. I don't think USC plays there anymore, and there's no. Uh, the Raiders don't play there. Aren't the Raiders back in LA now too? Yeah, they have their own. They have a brand. No, they're yeah. They have their brand oh, they new. Vegas. They're in Vegas. They have a brand new stadium in Vegas. It shows how much football I still watch. Uh, but yeah, uh, I think they could leave it down there, just like Bristol leaves the dirt down and runs the runs the Outlaws there as well. So, iRacing put out a picture of it. Um, it looks great. I mean, the artwork of the 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 seating and the Coliseum itself. You know, that's what they're working on. It's taken forever, but going to look great now nascar put out some photos as well of the finished track and nascar twitter you know there was a discussion for sure like this is either going to work really what well, it's going to be great or this is going to be horrible and, and we talked about it a little bit i mean brian you said i mean how exciting is it going to be you know watching these cars go 40 mile an hour around this track and it looks like Brian is actually having connection issues. He just got dropped off of the oh. TS. But it, it is it could be exciting. You know, the cars don't necessarily have to always be going the top speed. And they're doing they're not gonna be it's not gonna be all forty cars. So uh it, it it's good and it's worth a try. And if it doesn't work, oh you did it once. You know, they can afford to do that. What do you suspect they're we're gonna see in that infield there? They're obviously not gonna have pits in there or anything, but is it just gonna be empty? Uh, I'm wondering if they a tow truck maybe they'll have like all the safety equipment in the inside, right? Safety equipment and uh, camera broadcasting equipment, right? Because they can't, yeah. Because all the trucks will have to be in a parking lot, probably on the outside of the track, right? It wouldn't be. They yeah, can't. None of the trucks are coming in, so they'll be in a parking lot outside somewhere. Yeah, there's not even going to be a pit lane. They have to go outside if they if they have to do any, do any service. Well. It was interesting, didn't I? When we, well, I guess when we first saw the the look of it, it showed that the cars were appearing on the the inside line there when they were when they were staging, like it was like a pit road. But they have cones there, so it looks like you maybe obviously you'll be inside the track there for when you when do you something. spawn, yeah, yeah, yeah. You see the yellow cone, so that's the exit of pit road, right? Yes, but that car's backwards are they i think they're going clockwise are they not around this i would guess i would assume they're going right? normal no don't they most tracks they go counterclockwise don't they yes yeah so isn't yellow entrance blues exit oh that's right yellow is entrance that's why i was confused there for a sec so what you're so that first picture you're on the right is the front stretch but yeah so where that car is sitting is he—it's facing look like it's in a pit stall or a spawn spot, right? Yeah, they're probably going to enter the track over there between turn two and or turn one and two. I'm I'm interested to see how this race will be. Like this is one of those things I'm just that the unknowns make it so much more interesting. Kind of like when we were like anticipating the dirt race for the Cup cars last year. You just don't know what it's going to be like until they get on that track. And that's good. I think it adds a little bit more variety to the thing instead of the old humdrum schedule, right? Where it was pretty predictable all year. I just don't know. The one thing that I can still never wrap my head around is why they're trekking all this stuff out. I mean, obviously we know why because of the revenue they can generate in in California here in a size stadium like this, but the cost on a new car uh, would be crazy. Everybody wants to be in the LA market. It's the second biggest market in the country. So, um, 
any speculation that this is a pay track or if it's a free one? I would assume pay. pay. I would guess pay. Now, Um, the question is, when they... When when you go over to uh, Madden, uh, can you still get the uh, the legacy uh, LA Coliseum football field, or do you have to play football on the racetrack? <laughs> I don't think it changes those, David. It's just a jab at Mike as he so, eats his sandwich. I mean, this is a, this is a small track, guys. This is half the size of Martinsville, uh, just for a comparison. So NASCAR has nothing even close to this size the track you know i'm assuming it's going to be a limited number of cars because it's not like a normal race which uh, might help out but it's going to be a crowded crowded track yeah there's a heat race format already set up 40 mile an hour brian you speculated in the turns yeah i mean the good thing about this is uh junior did say when he they tested on that on the short track there that this car is a lot better suited for something this tight so that's Kind of a beneficial. Let's keep rolling. We got the E Short Course World Cup. So Jim Beaver Sport Esports posted on their Twitter page. They are announcing the General Tire E Short Course World Cup, uh, as well as an additional or to, as well as both additional Triple Clown events on iRacing will air on uh, or at CBSSports.net this year on the 19th of January. So that's next week. Yeah, it'll be next week. So that'll be interesting to see these events being uh, broadcasted on there. Yeah, it's always fun to watch. And how cool is it? It's on CBS. They're obviously looking for something in the midweek to put on TV, eh? I really think they need to get that Coke series on TV. Right. I mean, I agree. Beaver can get this on CBS and we can't get Coke on TV. Come on. You know, but on the other hand, a little bit of devil's at or devil's devil's advocate advocate. Right, my speech is on point today. Um, so many people now are just going away from even even broadcast and cable, right, and just switching over to the streaming services anyway, right? How many Roku TVs are out there? Yeah, it's everything's got a Roku in it, right? Um, the one thing I was thinking about with the Coke series, I think I mentioned in the chat the other day. I, I never did look it up, but I think the you know the, the the broadcast schedule or the broadcast companies both their contracts are up at the end of this year or next year. If I was NASCAR and iRacing, I would try and work with them and try and get that involved in the next contract when they're Bingo. trying to sign them together. Would you not? Oh yeah, that would be great. Built it in, you know, part of the TV contract. Let's keep moving. Uh, we got a. Job posting. If you want to work for iRacing, they posted a job for senior material artists whose position will be part of the racetrack art team, which is responsible for creation and upkeep of the hundreds of racetracks in the iRacing content portfolio. Is, is it bad that my brain read that quickly and it's, I thought it said they want a senior martial artist? <laughs> Karate. We're just all getting excited about this post because it says senior. That means you got to be good. I'm, right, the, I'm the least likely to be any, anywhere uh, added into that category at all. The first stage is denial, Greg. It's a river in Egypt. Okay, let's blast through current events. Brian, you got the first one, MVG Charity Race. 
Yeah, this is the Military Veterans and Gamers Association uh, race that we talked about last week. Um, so it was a $10 entrance fee for the next-gen cars at Daytona, held on January 22nd with payoffs to the top three finishers. And it goes to a great cause, the uh, Military and Veteran Gamers uh, awareness of the uh, 22 veterans lost to suicide each day. So great, great event. Uh, check that out if you can, and, uh, and uh, hope to see you there. Not this weekend, next weekend. I like Correct. the uh, 22-22 advertising with that, the way that kind of just yeah. worked out for them, eh? I'm yeah. going to kind of hit two topics with this with this next thing because somebody didn't realize this when we were talking about it a little bit earlier. When you are registered for a 24-hour event with a team, you can register, run your laps, and then go run another race in official or league and then still come back in with the team that you're registered. When you withdraw, you don't lose your connection with the team. That's, that's one nice little feature because last year I do, I think it was Richard that ended up going and running a league race and then coming back and running and running the rest of the 24 with us. So speaking of the Daytona 24, it's coming up on the weekend of January 21st through 23rd. It's the M it's the new MSA 2022 cars so your lmp1 or no your lmp2 and then basically every gt3 that's in the uh, service uh it's running through four start times so you can go 2200 700 1200 1600 attached qualify 30 minute warm-up uh eight minute uh single car qualify and I don't believe you have to be the qualifying driver to start the race the usual fair share rules are kick are in place, which but it's pretty easy. Even with just two drivers, you could have one guy do twenty two hours and another guy do two two hours, and you you cover the fair share. It's it's a pretty really it's a very lenient fair share rule. Now, if we could just figure out uh, with iRacing how to get them to once you've registered the wrong car to put the right car in, that would be afterwards. so nice. Because I <laughs> I had I did that I screwed that up twice this weekend. <laughs> Um, so let's talk about our teams. Are we ready? I mean, this is not this weekend, but next, I mean, I've been doing some practice. Um, we have a schedule. What? 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 Yeah. No. I, I ran some AI. I mentioned I did some AI races. Okay. Um, okay. It, I don't, AI racing isn't really like practice, is it? I mean, no, it's not, anyway. especially with multi-class now. Anything in, uh, Outside of racing, it's called practicing on iRacing. <laughs> when you're not racing an actual fish, it's considered some sort of practice. But we got a schedule uh, working. Tony Rochette's been uh, piecing it together. Um, I got my shift uh, picked out. Um, you know, I'm backing up against Tyler Williamson, so hopefully I'll be able to deliver him a car that's in one piece. But uh, looking forward to it. What about you guys? Well, I did run a lot of uh, the the European Sprint Series was actually at Daytona a couple of weeks ago, so I ran a lot of races in that in the two one two two one seven instead of the nine one nine. Had some pretty good races. Had a few where I got caught up in trouble, but uh, it's not quite the same practice because you got different classes of cars in there. Even a couple of times, it was even an entire field of LMP twos. Uh, but we're ready. We got five. We got the five guys. Four of us have already got our availability scheduled, which is basically wide open for all four of us. We're on um, one guy to give us his times because he has to work on the weekends. Once he's in there, we'll kind of drop his spots in and then put everybody else around that. I want to mention the forums have taken off uh, with this event. I mean, the forums are fairly quiet. 
compared to the way it used to be when the old forums were. And it, they just blew up with people looking for teams. So all the new people, it seems like, that are in iRacing over the over the last year are like trying to get involved in this event and they're trying to hook up and, and group together into teams and so they can run this event. And it's interesting to see how it flows on the forum. I mean, there, there's tons of people posting, hey, looking for a team or there's a team looking for drivers and there's tons and tons of activity out there if you are hunting or want to get involved. I mean, you just need to get in the forums and, and put your name out there. And uh, and like I said, people are grouping together and uh, it's going to be a, a huge event, I think. I, I think it's going to be the biggest ever. I mean, I, I was just thinking while you're talking about that, Mike, do you, do you suppose with iRacing being as big as it is now, and as specific with certain people getting together on teams, do you think it's harder for the newer members to find or create teams um, like we have, or in general, a lot of the other things that like, or because it, it seems like every year for these events, it's really hard. You know, people are always looking, but I mean, that could be it at any time. I just don't remember it as much over the years. I think years it's just, a, I think it's just saying that there's a lot more racers now. Right, so yeah, they're, they're hunting for teams. A lot of people. Now, Jeff McConey was thinking the same guy, the guy from McConey Setup Shops, and he posted that he worked with his website admins on his website to create a page where it was basically a Google Doc where you could put in your information, and he's creating some kind of database of drivers looking for teams, and so you can actually go to his website and do that. <laughs> It's a new dating app for iRacing. Right. That's what he's trying to put together is some kind of, you know, you put your info in and he, he matches you up with other people or something. Jeff, if you're listening, you need to add another sponsorship to the, to the, to the shows teamfinder.com. Hashtag soon. Or that's a good spinoff for grid finder. You know, instead of looking for a, a league, maybe you're looking for a team. Or maybe do they, does iRacing create a dating service so that you can, you know, a lot of the guys on the te- some of the guys on the team here had their wives racing with them. Might as well try and find another significant other in iRacing. So instead of Tinder, well, you could call it Rinder. Or Fender. <laughs> Bumping Fenders. <laughs> okay, title idea. Th- that's already it. That- that's it. You can't put anything else in now. I'm declaring it. All right, what the next one, the next event is the Listener League Mention. So a listener, uh, Britt Van Meter, sent me this one. He said, uh, first off, thanks for putting on the podcast. I was wondering if we can promote the league on, on your episode. We run the Ohio Sim Racing, and we have three series, Cup, Xfinity, and Trucks. It's a fixed setup league, and they have a website. It's ohiosimracing.com. And I checked out their website, and uh, pretty cool setup. I've never heard of this league before, and uh, I assume you don't have to be from Ohio to actually race in it, but I'm not certain. But, uh, hey, uh, check them out. Um, and they have the, the website, Ohio Sim Racing. Next up is, Greg, a new series. The 87 cars uh, start this Saturday. Now, this is uh, the Sim 500 that Chris and I ran before. So it's the, it's them that's putting this league on, the Sim Five Hundred. Yeah, Sim Five Hundred. Yeah. So this is they're running it. They're they're creating an eighty uh, an eighty seven series, which is kind of kind of cool, kind of up our alley. We really like that car. 
Um, so it looks like they're running. Um, it's late Saturday nights. Yeah, late Saturday nights. The practice, practice starts at 10 uh, p.m. Eastern, and then qualifying starts at 11, so you get an hour of practice. And then the race is 11.05. So that's definitely a late start race. It's obviously a, <laughs> for a Saturday night, but it's kind of sweet that uh, they're doing this. Uh, um, they got some really good tracks on the list. I kind of I like the idea of it. Um, I just don't know if I could commit to a Saturday night league. So when Chris and I ran um, earlier, I think it was November and December with these guys, it was the ARCA on Saturday night, but now they've changed to the 87. And I think because we were already in that uh, Saturday night thing, we're already signed up for this one. So I hope Chris is listening so he remembers that we have a, our first race this Saturday. I told the team, I'm, I'm hoping we uh, others from the team will join us. Uh, I know it's late, but um hey it's saturday night you know let's go racing so maybe you guys are, will join are they open sets i can't even see it, is it no safe? it's a fixed set oh it's fixed okay yeah so just show up and drive you know uh the schedule looks pretty good you know typical oval schedule daytona rockingham charlotte wilkesboro michigan darlington homestead richmond talladega dover and atlanta I'll pick up the next one. We have the Podium 500 coming again, at, and they're going to be in the next-gen cars on February 13th. You can go to podiumesports.com slash podium500 and register. And this is probably one of the biggest events of the year. A lot of people participate in this. Let's hope that they got the new package and all that stuff down before this event takes, takes place. Now, is Bobby still listening? I'm, I'm, I think Bobby tried this last year, didn't he? I hope he... He does it again. I, I think I remember him saying a lot of people were were irritated with some something that went down with 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 something. I can't remember the specifics, but they were unhappy with something that happened throughout something the, in the, the build-up. Something the races or something. Mm-hmm. All right, next up, OBRL Metro Cup reminder. Yeah, just a reminder. Uh, starting in uh, February, the OBRL Metro Cup is going to. St- start their new season, the 40-week season. Uh, they've really stepped up their game with uh, winnings, prize pool of $3,000. You know, there's prizes for safety. There's hard charging prizes. So uh, so uh, just uh, go to uh, oldbastardracing.com and you can check it out. You can apply for the league there. And uh, as long as you're over 35 and under 3,500, I rating. Okay, podcast housekeeping notes. Uh, check out the aftermath. I think they're going to record this Saturday, but I'm not sure. Our website, iRacersLounge.com. That's where you get the script notes. And we are on the Performance Motorsports Network. Also, don't forget that we are working on building our community in Discord. We've started to get a little bit of interaction with some of the guys. And like I was just letting them know which race I'll be racing right after we finish recording here and doing some of the editing editing. So check out the new iRacers Lounge Discord. Will this computer run iRacing? Not now. We're gonna hit uh, make a few quick hits on hardware as we're a little tight on time. Um, the first one is an MTX sim rig. It's an 8020 aluminum pro- profile that specializes for flight simulators, but is adaptable to racing. Um, and my first impressions, it's getting hard to say anything unique about most 8020 rigs, except this one looks to be on the lighter side. 
right? It's and unusual. It's of, Sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I was going to say, um, this is a new company we haven't seen before. Um, MonsterTechUSA.com. It's, I was going to say, it's a little unusual to see on those bottom rails. It's uh, two by two wide on the on the profile instead of you know stacking them up two, three, four high. It's a uh, it's actually a square on there. It's uh, yeah. Interesting. What would concern me with this? I mean, I know eighty twenty is rig rigged, but I'm looking at their racing rig, and the mount for the drive is connected to the monitor pylons rather than having its own pylons. So there and so that's there's there's no bracing across that. That's hanging out vertic or horizontally a, a couple of feet and it, it, what kind of flex is that going to have? I have to agree David. I mean when you go to the website and you hit the home page and you look at the cockpit the pedal tray is hanging off the uprights, the the wheelbase is hanging off the upright. It it just looks like the opposite of stable. Okay, I do ha- I do get I do have a better view now, and they have a plate, a triangular plate that's connected from the pylon to the to the mount for at least for the that flight sim. That's going to help a little, but that reinforcement is still in the wrong direction. So it makes me nervous. I think you're just going to be better getting a, a traditional, uh, uh, one of the other designs we've talked about in the past. So the base package is six hundred dollars. Um, that's without seat. How about these uh, Sim Two pedal Formula Carbons, Brian? Yeah, so this is a pedal system from Frex, F R E X, uh, Sim Pedal Two Carbon. They are going to be available soon. They're not uh, at this point. They have been released. Um, so uh, keep an eye out for that. We'll get some more inf- a lot of information on it at this point. Uh, I guess because it's a pre-release item, but um, yeah, it's a big solid plate carbon uh, pedal pads um and it looks like it's a hydraulic right yeah on the on the brake pedal yeah i see a hydraulic cylinder there so yeah we'll keep an eye out for those coming up soon has a um, heel plate attached to it looks like it would uh, be really easy to attach to uh 80 because it's got like a little profile in the back um so that looks like it would help out with mounting um but yeah looks like a decent set of pedals at this point I'm fascinated with Frex. Remember, they're the one who did that uh, head movement device that you think you strap to your head and it moves you, simulates G-Force. But yeah, every time they put out something, that's crazy, you know. And this has some colors to it. Uh, it's hard to tell from the one picture we have what exactly we're dealing with. But like you said, tons of carbon fiber on the the, the actual pedals and the wheel plate. So that looks pretty slick. And there's no, no information about if they can do a clutch as well. It's only a two-pedal set. This next one is a three-pedal set, though. We've got the Venomant Atrax three pedals. Um, it's coming from Sim Racing Unlimited. And we've got a nice Instagram post on them. Uh, this looks like a, a set of load cell pedals. And uh, it's got the base plate. It looks kind of like your basic load cell pedal. Probably, maybe comparable to the V3s, but I haven't, you know, you'd have to have them under your feet to really know. Now, now to be clear, Sim Racing Unlimited did a review of the pedals by Venom. They don't actually offer them, but they did the review. And so if you check their page at simracing-unlimited.com, they do a uh, written out review of those pedals. Um, They talk about 
you know, the assembly, uh, the brake rubbers and springs, you know, how do they feel on track and the verdict? Um, and so overall, I think, you know, their, uh, their verdict was good, you know, and we've seen, uh, these, pe- these pedals, you know, the last couple months, um, in various places, I think these come, these guys actually went to the CES show, uh, which is being held here recently and had a display and probably one of the only sim manufacturers that was at CES. Gl- taking a glance at the sim riding, racing article. I'm sorry. I misread it there. The way it was not actually them. They do have software too, where you can customize the curvature of the, the tape. Uh, of the uh, each pedal you can adjust dead zones and even create some uh, some parabolic curves instead of linear curves okay with that we'll go to results let's talk about our uh, our racing this week with the NASCAR iRacing series I guess winter series <laughs> did anybody run so I ran, I guess I did write down my results and, um, and I don't recall what they were. <laughs> yeah. We we'll were, just, we'll Brian and I were running, uh, running the, the charity team. race. Yeah. So yeah, not much, uh, in the NIS this week, but it, it is off season. Uh, I ran, like I mentioned before, Delara dash at Texas. I got as high as P three, uh, but didn't get a win. So did, did we didn't put in the results? Did we Brian from our charity race? No, I was just going to mention that you did really good, and I was terrible. So <laughs> I, I don't think summary. so. No, what we did learn is that the and and I the the um, LMP drivers. We were driving a Lambo, and the LMP drivers were super aggressive on the kink, and they were not allowing any any of the GT3s to wash out any at the kink. They were basically dive bombing them into turn five, and it happened to me, and it happened to Brian. And that uh, I had to use the fast repair, and then once it happened to Brian, it was five minutes of repair, and that just at that point the car was pretty ruined. Yeah, and uh, to be honest with you, I'm not sure how much of a contributing factor it was, but I was having some serious uh, connection issues, and I was I had a couple of drivers who were mentioning that I was blinking, um, and I got ran over two other times after that, David, and both of them mentioned that. Uh, my car was going on and off the track so that might have been a good factor with uh i don't know if it was a factor with the one that you saw or not but um it was definitely the factor two others passed that so it was it was the factor i remember you hearing about that because you you said i was still there you said what was that and when i was watching you i couldn't see you i was it switched to tv view and it, it could not see i could not my my client couldn't tell where you were um, and it came back and there was a car like literally almost inside inside your rear end. Uh, have fun with that one. Um, yeah, Tony, Tony is Tony is just having, when he hears that, he's going to be having an applause. Uh, so that, that was definitely a factor. But no, they were, they were just coming in really hard and wanting to die bomb in turn five and give up less time. So it, it's, once I've kind of figured that out, the, let, the next time I ran that car and I just started knowing if there's an LMP2 behind me coming to the kink, I just started really making sure that I took the corner where I exited to the far left because they were never going to try to pass you on the left there. So if you're running a, a GT3, just be aware, even though it's their responsibility to pass you safely, you're probably going to survive if you go ahead and try to hold it to the left at turning in the kink if there's an LMP2 right behind you. 
So this was actually my first um, multi-class uh, endurance race. I've, I mean, I did the 24 last year, and I did um, Bathurst with uh, the guys from OBRL, and uh, but Bathurst was GTs only, and uh, our split last year at Daytona was only GTs. We didn't have any mixed uh, LMPs with us. So it's the first time that I've raced a, uh, a uh, endurance race with these cars that are really closing in on you quickly. And uh, so it's 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 tough it's it's a lot harder than I, you would i would have thought it would be and i'm usually pretty good at letting people pass me but um it's it's a difficult thing it's a it's a it's its own discipline it's just a race with different speed cars you know yeah let you watch letting a faster class by is different than than like when you're running a nascar race when and you've got uh you know Garrett Maines lapping you after three laps, and you it's you you just let him go at that point. But um, yeah, it is a whole different story, and some of it just comes with experience. Because I've never run the GT, I haven't well, I haven't run the GT3 at Daytona in a long time, especially since they've added the LMP2. And I've been on both sides. I've been the fastest car, I've been in the middle car, and I've been the slower car. And the the blue flag rule says it's the passing car's responsibility to to make a safe pass, but I, I've heard Nim arguing with the, with the guy on the server saying that it's also the, the, the slower car's responsibility to not make do something that makes it harder to make that safe pass on purpose, like literally throwing a block or, or washing up and shoving the, shoving the faster car to the end of the wall when, once they're already on your outside. So even though it's their job to make the safe pass, I've learned my lesson. If I'm running a GT3, I'm going to hold it to the lift. And, and, it, and some of that is, you know, you just you gain with experience. And one, one last note. I just wanted to thank Quentin, uh, Quentin uh, Whitaker, who uh, raced with us. He's a, we got to finally talk to him in person over the chats, and uh, he's a real good dude. And uh, I gave him a terrible car at the end of my, so I apologize for that. But uh, he was a great sport, and uh, maybe we'll get to do something together again. All right, Mike, let's hit the leagues. All right, fast track league. Uh, I got wrecked out. It was Rockingham. Uh, I wrecked out, but basically by missing the corner, um, going in there, I didn't hit the right braking mark. I ran into the car that was on the outside of me, putting us both in the wall. I think it was Alan Pachari. Sorry, Alan. Um, I just, I have a hard time braking in the next gen car. I don't know. Supposedly, next gen has better brakes than Gen Six, but I just was struggling at this track. It slowed the car down when it needed to slow down. I still haven't been running because I just refused to get in that car with the old package. All right, uh, next was Winter League at New Hampshire, P twenty four. I missed practice and qualifying, and literally showed up on the grid like thirty seconds to go. I, I literally pretty much ran what I had and got screwed on a wave around, I thought, on one caution. Um, and I was two laps down, And but I just, I, I pretty much got what I deserved. I mean, the winter league is stacked. I, I mean, it, you know, it is hard to run in there. It's challenging. It's a whole different world. You literally showed up on my JRT because I have you as a, in a teammate color. You literally showed up about three seconds before it said rolling to the next session at the end of qualifying if you'd have been one minute later you wouldn't have made the race in fact you were so late i didn't think you were running and i hopped over to the discard 
Discord, just in case Alan was paying attention, I might have come in to, to say hi and chat for a little while. Um, but then when you came on, I, you weren't your Discord wasn't working, so I jumped back over to TeamSpeak. Uh, I stole a P12 out of this one. I wasn't very fast. I was running about 16th to 8th too. You know, it was tough. And these fixed setups, I've not been doing well on the flat tracks. I was pretty slow at Phoenix too. I stole a few spots though because we had a caution come out with like 11 laps to go. And I was a lap down, so were a lot of other people. I think all the way up to like 11th or 12th was a lap down, maybe even less. But they had a prize of $10 for the uh, little person who finishes in the lucky dog spot. So four or five cars that were a lap down chose to just go ahead and take tires and race for that prize. I went ahead and went for the for the positions instead. Took the wave around um, and held off everybody that 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 waved around with me to stay in p12 i have managed to climb back in somehow even though i had a horrible start to this season in the league i've climbed back up into 10th in points and we were talking earlier about how this track braking was huge i mean that's where you found speed if you had speed was was getting into the corner and and so let's talk about that a little bit i mean Breaking with, I mean, then you watch Garrett Maines break into the corner. You think I was driving deep? I mean, man, how does he do it? Well, I on that last run before we went green, I noticed um, that uh, Christian Chandler was diamonding the mess out of it. He was actually going all the way down to the apron, but and but then and but then coming around and hooking it and doing a little bit of a diamond turn i started following him and actually picked up a little bit of pace the reason i was able to keep up with him is because i held out on pitting in case a caution came out because garrett was right behind me so i i didn't pit until until i was about to lose the lucky dog to one of the guys who had already pitted sam, sam rouse was coming up on me that's when i decided to go hit go ahead and pit so i came out behind chandler with a lot fresher tires and was able to basically keep keep pace with him and stay behind him got to see what he was but even though i was slow what i could really tell the difference is and then i also have been able to really tell the difference at daytona especially coming into turn one and or the bus stop is the braking that the sim coach pedals give me right um yes they're our sponsor but i was a customer before they were our sponsor and i can still tell you uh and i've talked with kyle about it who's running on the on the top 24 team with me um and he's been he's he ran some of those races with me last week uh he's definitely got it figured out the the way you can just go in so deep and feel and and even when you start to feel the car uh lock up a little because of the way because it's pressure instead of distance it's really easy to just lighten the pressure a little and stop stop the the, the skid so uh, once again i just a shout out to the sim racing or sim coach she's pedals is just being got to be one of the got to be one of the best sets of pedals that exist yeah and hydraulic pedals are the are just awesome i mean i have them as well and you really get, allows you to get in there. This track, I think, just really magnifies the importance of, of good pedals. Hashtag someday. <laughs> Triples instead of pedals. <laughs> OBRL Arca. Hey, when I start getting slower than you, I'll probably have to invest in pedals then. OBRL Arca, Brian P6. Yeah, so Arca's on races aren't on um, 
Monday. Um, it was at Lucas Oil. I saw it on the schedule. So I decided Sunday I was going to do some practicing because I don't remember having a whole lot of laps on Lucas Oil. So uh, I went to go uh, load it up. And damn, if I didn't get a red shopping cart, I don't even have that track yet. So I had to buy the track for the race on Monday. Um, I didn't get to practice at all Sunday night. And then I, I started a little early on a test session by myself before uh, the official practice started and uh, and uh, ran some laps there. And then when I got into practice, I realized I was a second off the pace. I was like, what is going on? Well, apparently I was running the low line at Lucas Oil and, and the high line is much faster. So uh, when I got to the practice session, I could see everybody was running up higher. So, uh, you know, I'd spent the whole time just, just working on that high line and uh, practicing that high line. When the race started, I actually qualified uh, P5, um, which um, is actually, you know, you're starting on the bottom line, which is a slow line there. And uh, fell back a couple spots at the early, early, and then, uh, you know, picked up a few. Um, there was a, a caution uh, early. Um, and then uh, not another caution till the end of the race, but you know I, I stayed pretty consistent. It was hard to pass because once you got, uh, you know, once you got up in that high, high line, it was really hard to pass somebody on the bottom. So uh, I kind of locked myself in at P6 and uh, finished right there. So uh, not bad uh, for for a new track, uh, first time being on it, really. Well done. All right, and then OBRL Aftermath Truck Series. It's Tom Ogle with the win at Richmond. Dwayne MacArthur second, Eddie Jones in third. Finally, we have the Getter Done Racing. Tyler ran, he got a P4, nice run. Did not qualify, but ran pretty well early on. Worked the out strategy out to putting every 50 laps, uh, pitting every 50 laps, as we had four sets total, including what we started with. Had a great time racing Steven and Chris. Brian was a huge help at the end spotting. Just happy to run well and finish Bristol with 0x. All right, that's it. Let's talk uh, final thoughts. Brian McCubbin. So, uh, yeah, I'm really excited to uh, to get some practice in this week for this uh, Daytona race. Um, it, it's, it's just you have a completely different feel um, preparing for these races when you have teammates than if you do on a race where you're by yourself. Uh, Cause you know, you want to, you want to do well and you don't want to, um, you want to, you, you don't want to, um, disappoint your teammates and all. So it's a whole different, different pressure going to these events. So, uh, I'm going to, I got a lot of practice in this do, to do, you know, I did some practice for the, uh, with the Lambo last week for that charity race, but, uh, I noticed there was a there's a few little uh, differences racing the uh, Ferrari and uh, trying to work out the uh, kinks in that. But um, yeah, so I it's I'm excited, nervous already, and uh, I just want to want to have a good race for everybody on the team. The good news is you probably will get a better start than you did last year. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, they're not bringing Don't back the them. ringer. Can't bring our him ringer is Tyler now. That's right. This is going to be Tyler's first endurance race ever, so uh, I know he's a uh, he's going to be nervous too. But uh, I- I'm going to I'm going to sit with him while he's doing his early stint, and uh, and uh, hopefully I can help him through it. I guess pressure's I on. I don't know. I y'all probably have got y'all's time slot figured out, picked. We've decided to go ahead and start with the uh, the third slot, which is kind of the earlier U.S. time zone one. Uh, but if we have a problem within the first four hours, it will be easy to, to just 
cut out of cut tail from that one and jump back in again to the fourth slot. Okay. Uh, Greg Hectus, final thoughts. Uh, I haven't done much racing this last week. I've been busy with some stuff around the house, but, uh, kind of looking forward to the 24 hour race, uh, a week, it'll be a little bit over a week from now. Um, I want to, uh, I think I should start, uh, messaging Anthony Alfredo now and, uh, see if, uh, <laughs> see if we can get them for next week to talk about last year's race with them. But, uh, the other, uh, just waiting on hearing about my uh, new rig coming. Uh, haven't, uh, they're a little bit behind. They, they got like 190 orders over Christmas break. So they got to try and get sift through all that to get it all sent out. So, uh, we'll, uh, hopefully have it by the end of the month here. I'm not really hurting for it. So it's not a huge deal, but, uh, I definitely can't wait for it. I'm trying to, f- I, was just, I was looking at my rig while I was sitting here and I was trying to figure out, uh, one thing that I forgot to think about for it was how I was going to mount my speakers to it and I'm trying to figure out what I need to do that you know that's something I totally spaced on my build like I didn't even think about it and so I ended up uh, zip tying my speakers to the uh, integrated monitor mount uprights so that's what I have a feeling I might end up doing Um, the only thing I can find on the website that like I don't even know what these corner gussets that they're calling on the site are for, or what are even for on the eighty twenty part of it. But um, I'll, I'm looking into it still. I mean, they have brackets you could put on each corner to, you know, of the bottom part of the rig to kind of shoot up. But yeah, I didn't even plan it. I'm like, oh boy, where am I going to put these? But uh, they're blowing into the back of the monitors, but it it's fine. It it's plenty loud enough. Yeah, that's what I'm. That's what I have a feeling I'll end up having to do with. But I've, but I'm. I have two rear mounts that are on stand, so I don't have to worry about that. It's the three speakers that I have, my forward-facing speakers for the five point one that I have to try and mount somewhere. All right, David Hall. Final thoughts. Definitely looking forward to the twenty-four. I had fun getting a chance to run with Brian and Quentin in the uh, in the previous race. I did a little coaching with you guys too. How did you feel about that, Brian? Oh, that was great. Uh, I can use all the help I can get, that's for sure, especially from somebody who knows what they're doing. Um, but yeah, yeah, it was a you you gave me some coaching tips before the the race too, and uh, yeah, it was much appreciated. And uh, man, uh, it's I got it's, it's a big learning curve for me for road stuff. Um, I don't do a whole lot of it, but I enjoy it when I do it. I just I think that I just need to. If I was better at it, I would do more. <laughs> Yep. Yep. Um, and also I've got, I'm enjoying the reverb. I've got it working and I actually tried overclocking my CPU, but I'm going to have to basically kind of retire from the streaming because it, with the demand it's putting on the computer, it cannot, it just doesn't stream. Well, it just starts to put too many demands on it. The stream's choppy and it also starts making the computer act up quite a bit and makes JRT not be very responsive. And I, I really rely on that, uh, that uh, real-time spotter so streaming is done for a while though i think what i might do as a backup plan is if i just throw the stream up on the discord it that doesn't seem to put too much demand on the computer so those of you, you who are hanging out with us on the discord on the new iris lounge i may just move my streaming content to there it won't have overlays or anything but it'll just be another way to uh at least put that stuff out there where those who'd like to watch it can see it so i might that way have an average of four drivers per race or four watchers per race instead of you know one half 
Okay, great. My final thoughts, uh, man, that winter league is stout. Uh, 24th, boy, I deserve that at New Hampshire. But tonight, uh, Redemption, it's the Man Cave After Dark Truck League, and we're also going to be at New Hampshire. Uh, and supposedly, we're going to have a near full field for this league uh, tonight. Um, they recruited a bunch of people, apparently. Um, but yeah, I think I'm still, you know, chomping at the bit for the 670 horsepower. Uh, I'm ready to start running that car uh, and get ready for NIS. Um, I'm ready to see what kind of final package are we going to end up driving for the Daytona 500. Is it going to change? Are they going to change the car at all before the 500? Uh, and then, you know, start practicing some races and conjure up some luck, you know, and and get ready because uh, knock on wood I'm going for four in a row uh, but I'm feeling good about it at this point you know I, I confidence is high so with that hey we'll see you on the track later thank you for listening to the Odd Racers Lounge podcast make sure you go subscribe to us on iTunes SoundCloud or Google Play Facebook and Twitter. See you on the track.